Welcome, listeners, to www.ironradio.org, the website and podcast for all things strength sports and sports nutrition. With your hosts, Lonnie Lowry. Remember, Phil is like a gnarled old oak tree held together with scar tissue and bone spurs. Rob Fortney. And I'm telling you, the pain that I would suffer was beyond excruciating. And Phil Stevens. Do it, Rob. You'll kill all those nerves. Thanks for listening. Welcome, IronRadio.org listeners. This is Lonnie Lowry. I'm an exercise physiology and nutrition professor of about a dozen years, and I'm a former competitive bodybuilder. And this is Phil Stevens. I run Strength Guild. I compete in powerlifting Highland Games, and I run the USSF. Dr. Mike D. Nelson. I'm an exercise physiologist, college instructor, and run my own training and nutrition consulting business. Sweet. Yeah, we've got some news today, and we've got um, an odd topic, no pun intended, uh, but we'll get to that in just a minute. Phil, let's talk about your stuff first. I mean, that's the biggest thing, and maybe people can learn some lessons from it. Strength and Muscle Sport News. Yeah, I got two things, actually, but we'll start off with <laughs> my, uh, my facility got broken to Tuesday night, which sucked. Um, but, you know, I don't know. It's It's one of those deals where... You know, like I was telling you guys, I mean, the, the thing that makes me the maddest is that somebody else can change your life in a bad way that easily, you know, make you lose sleep and, you know, change your whole schedule. But yeah, and kind um, of get away with it, you know, at least yeah. for a while. And, you know, so, yeah, somebody, they, they found a weak spot into this old building built in 1894 and, uh, you know, which since then I fixed it and came in and took tools from the build out and heaters and dog food and it was still a considerable amount of stuff ridiculous but I was, yeah i was lucky they didn't take any equipment i mean they could have basically shut us down in the short term if like all, all of a sudden i could walk in and all my bars are missing it's like well we can't do anything yeah. <laughs> right but uh yeah so we got that buttoned up and you know alarm systems and everything else but um just just a pain in the butt man it's uh <clears throat> No fun. Yeah, I mean, you got to meet with the cops. You got to deal with insurance. You know, yeah, I'm um, sitting there, you know, five a.m. dealing with police and you know things like that. So, uh, and you know what, Mike, you had a good point that luckily most people don't have any idea uh, the value of fitness equipment. I guess yeah. they just look at it like iron, and that's not worth anything. I don't know, you know, or a, that's just a big metal bar. I don't know. See, and that's the thing that would piss me off if they did take a bunch of like bars and iron. I would, I would be most pissed because I know most likely they're just taking it and scrapping it. Yeah, you know? yeah, no <laughs> idea that that's a... worth of stuff, and they're right. getting twenty eight cents a pound or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, All this metal, they put a handle on it. That was nice. I <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I did come to. Uh, so one of my coach's shoes got stolen, <laughs> and joking around. Um, I, I came to the conclusion that it wasn't a CrossFitter because there was his <laughs> shoes, and then which were a pair of Nike weightlifting shoes, and then mm. my wife's shoes, which are a brand new pair of Adidas weightlifting shoes, and then right next to that were a brand new worn twice pair of Reebok weightlifting uh. shoes. So, and they picked up the Adidas shoes and moved them across the room like they were going to take them and then forgot them, and they took his Nikes, but they didn't touch the Reeboks. And a true CrossFitter would have went straight for the Reeboks and left the other ones. <laughs> so, 
Yeah. So that's how we. That's how we. Caused it was not a crossfitter. So you know what? Uh, you're like profiling them. You're going to help the police find them. <laughs> the funny thing is, is that we're like, man, there's going to be some freaking crackhead or bug yeah. walking around the streets in weightlifting shoes and wondering why he's walking funny and his feet hurt. It's either that or we're going to see like. In Rio coming up, there's gonna like here's Jim. Just six months ago, he was living on the streets. <laughs> now yeah. he's in the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> One thing led to another. Uh, it's all due to the weightlifting shoes. But no, you're right because they're not gonna understand the value of this stuff. You know, like you said, walking funny in the shoes or just like scrapping this precision piece of, you know, like a Olympic bar or whatever, yeah. uh, and just scrapping it for its metal content or whatnot. I don't know. Embarrassing. Yeah. Um, in, in other news, I wanted to bring this up. The USADA has new rules um, for athletes, and now they have it stated that athletes may be banned for being guilty by close association to other banned athletes. Oh, jeez. Or coaches. Yes. So that's their new rule. Um, they sent, I guess they sent this out and, and mailed it all to the, the OOC athletes and uh, – Things like that. So they got to watch out even who they're next to. And it's like a guilty by association thing. But What do you do? Like, <sighs> people are training together, right? So it's yeah. at a place and you don't know what Joe Bob across uh-huh. the way is doing. You That's know? so gray area. Yeah. And it's like, how do you prove that? Right. Yeah. You know, let's say you're training in a place and this other guy gets popped. And yeah. Now, now you get banned. And it's like, well, I didn't even know. And how yeah. do you prove that they didn't or did or didn't know? You know? Yeah, that seems very invasive. They're at the same place. (laughs) Yeah, so we'll see how that goes. But wow, yeah, I don't know. Uh, (laughs) I I don't know. It's like what you were saying about getting tested before even doing workshops and seminars, and they're getting really aggressive. Very, you know, privacy invasive kind of. Yep. You know what? Maybe it's along the lines they're kind of thinking, like. in regular legal terms, I guess, like obstruction of justice, you know, like by not telling on somebody or by being around them, you're enabling them, yeah. you know, to do that. But like you said, I mean, you'd have to investigate people. Yeah. Uh, how do you know who's lying? Now not, you're not just investigating one person, but whole groups of people. Yeah, like anybody around them. Maybe this is from the Lance Armstrong yeah. thing, right? Because isn't that yeah. how he got busted? Yeah, I think so. Like, I don't think biologically they ever caught they him. They ever, no, they never popped him. Yeah. It was all word of mouth stuff. Yep. Um, which I still don't know why he actually came out and admitted to it then finally, but. You know, it's not quite as timely, but similar. Uh, I was just giving a little uh, lecture on gene doping in class, but uh, WADA and USADA um, yeah. are actually, like, for five years, I think, they've been having these annual, uh, at least WADA has, the World Anti-Doping Agency, um mm-hmm. Little um, workshop, seminar type things on how are they going to detect gene doping, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and they were talking about some of the target genes, you know, that might express certain things. And, you know, the whole myogen and myostatin thing is getting attention. They're trying to find the most likely targets, but that's going to be tough, I think, for them, because when you have a gene inserted, that's you. Now, that's yeah. part of you. So yeah. it's not going to be something as crude as finding you know, um, testosterone esters, you yeah. know, uh, in your blood or a urine sample or whatever. I don't it's know. It's like they would need a previous sample of you or something. You no, know? that's the point, yeah. It makes you wonder about your genome this change. Right? Yeah. Maybe to compete, you have to donate and run a genetic test, and they have to compare that and look for stuff, or who knows what. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. Feel like baseline, some kind of, like, yeah. this is the natural fill. 
This yeah. is the modified fill. I don't know. Like if you think in the future you might want to lift, you have to get it. You know, donate a gene sample at the age of four or something. Yeah, you know? it's like sci-fi. This is getting way too invasive. You know, a lot of this mm-hmm. stuff. But um, yeah, apparently for like ten years, WADA has been thinking about this, and yeah, they have an annual conference on it. So I mean, I don't know. Once that happens, I just see. I don't know a science fiction level. People, bodybuilders, powerlifters, people who are willing to guinea pig themselves, mm-hmm. you know, they're like, oh, let's fool around with myostatin or myogen and, you know, we'll, we'll remove the brakes, you know, we'll tinker with the myostatin gene and its expression and we're going to remove the brakes of muscle growth. Then you've got one of these myostatin deficient bull kind of looks, you know, and that's not even, I mean, forget about dysfunctional in sport. They'd be useless. You know, they'd be so heavily muscled, but even in bodybuilding, they'd mm-hmm. be just plain stupid. It would just yeah. blow the lid off of, you know, what I think is already a problem. The guys are so massive, they're starting to all look the same or maybe not exactly the same, but you know what I mean. And it's mm-hmm. the quest for size is over. And But, I mean, what happens when that oop, ac- oops accidentally um, stimulates smooth muscle growth or cardiac muscle growth? Or, you know, you get a heart the size of a watermelon or you're, yeah. all your arteries just fill up with muscle. I don't know. It's just yeah. so disturbing. Um, but it's surprising that it's real, I guess. Um, there was a... Some videos on YouTube I was showing, uh, Kyogen, they're an analytics company, testing company. Um, they do a lot of like, the biochemical stuff. And um, WADA itself, uh, there were some video clips if anybody's interested on YouTube. But um, I don't know. These anti-doping agencies, I don't know. It, it almost starts to become not just science fiction from like a genetic mutant flopping around in the street kind of thing, but mm-hmm. from a, you know, that sort of... Um, George Orwell, you know, it's almost Orwellian or like um, Gattaca or some of these sci-fi flicks that talk about over uh, controlling, you know, groups and how they try to manipulate what should be normal. I mean, how do you do how do you ultimately define what's normal? You know, anyway, if you're born with the, you know, like a supposedly flex wheeler and some other top bodybuilders have a, a single null myostatin deficiency. But if you were born with that technically wouldn't you still be natural per se you know exactly yeah what's Genetic normal position and all that kind of stuff yeah. yeah i'm not sure i ever bought that thing about excuses around flex wheeler yeah because um, i heard all kinds I've of things i've never seen it confirmed but yeah you know, yeah i mean but i mean what you're getting at is i mean what do you do you end up having to bring every competitor in and somehow somehow yeah. alter everybody's genome to be exactly the same you know so there's no you know the playing field is equal Right. Then it becomes yeah. random. Then you're just rolling dice. Yeah. You know, so. if everybody's has to be exactly equal. It's like socialism, yeah. Yeah. you know, in physical performance. <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, but. Yeah. Well, there's anomalies that cause, you know, higher EPO output. And I think was the one of the earlier Norwegian cross-country skiers had like one of the highest VO2 maxes, which they think is a genetic related thing and all sorts of stuff. Right. Yeah. There's got to be some sort of, you know, polymorphism or some type of you know yeah. genetic related something that makes one guy better than another you know like like phil was saying and like i said what's how do you define what what is normal you yeah. know do you just yeah. take the mean i mean some kind of measure of central tendency you know this is just the average for the group and this is what we expect damn it and i don't i don't know yeah so uh i just wanted to offer one little bit of science news before we go to break uh needle free tattoos can check diabetics blood sugar levels this is january 22nd i got this from uh 
labroots.com and livescience.com so if you want to follow up on this but it says there's a apparently an electronic tattoo uh, that could offer diabetics a bloodless way to check their blood sugar uh, and I, I automatically kind of go into Dr. Frankenstein mode and think, how can lifters, you know, look at this? Like, mm-hmm. how can you control your blood sugar? It's another way to monitor yourself, I guess. But obviously, there's millions of people worldwide with diabetes. They don't like to prick their fingers all the time. Um, so essentially, it says, let's see, um, they've developed, a, oh, it looks like it's a temporary rub-on type tattoo. Oh, I see. Uh, sends a mild electrical current over the skin. Uh, to detect a person's blood sugar without needles. Uh, They tested it on just three women and four men, apparently, so far. It's very early stage, but it consists of electrodes made of silver and silver chloride ink. I don't know. Very interesting stuff. But this is like, it almost reminds me of those smartwatches. You know, are we going to see something like this with non-invasive smartwatches with this electrical signal kind of thing? Mm -hmm. I've seen other versions of watches that tried to do this but i think watches are getting so smart that you might start to see this stuff built in why have some little rub on tattoo thing uh if your watch will do it anyway i don't know Uh, oh here it is a similar device called gluco watch i actually had one of those (laughs) once yeah from a now defunct company uh was previously launched anyway uh, there's actually a picture of it here on the um labroots.com site and i don't know sort of ink but sort of electronic kind of thing and it you just um attach it to your arm i'm not sure how a lifter would necessarily manipulate that um except to know like oh maybe if i want to do truly fasted cardio i'm going to make sure i you know what what, my blood sugar is low i don't know something like that presumably insulin would be lower then i don't know you know or if you're trying to gain weight always keep your blood sugar up above a certain number you know you always got plenty of nutrients in your blood i don't know i don't know so that's what i've got uh mike anything going on in the frozen north not a whole lot you had mentioned blood glucose and i just more out of pure curiosity about a precision uh extra device i just literally the other day started measuring my blood glucose just more or less out of curiosity because i've never really had it checked you know other than you go to the doctor once every year your typical guy every other year or whatever they did like one reading, and some of the research I did a couple of years ago, we had uh, borderline type 2 diabetics who were overweight, and the short version is we had them do some exercise and stuff, and it was crazy to see the variation just even in resting, steady state, um, glucose, and then also we had insulin data from them too. Um, what was fascinating though too is that I think people forget that insulin is the other part that regulates it. So you could be measuring blood glucose and get all this kind of interesting data, but you're at best getting like half the picture. Mm-hmm. So they had one person in, this, in the trial, and they had, you look at the blood glucose, and it was a little bit high, but it was, you know, still within the normal range, and their insulin levels were just sky high. Mm-hmm. So you're thinking, oh boy, that looking at the blood glucose, you're like, well, probably, you know, getting there, but not too bad. Look at the insulin level, and you go, "Oh boy, that person's going to be in a world to hurt pretty soon." So, yeah, we uh, we used to do some of that stuff. We were looking at blood sugar in guys that were really sore, and sometimes we would see higher blood oh, sugars, yeah. you know, because the muscles don't take up the blood glucose as well. But then Mike Sherman did some of that work where he said the blood sugars <laughs> yeah. were roughly normal, but the insulin was sky high again in guys that were sore, or at least significantly higher. 
Mm-hmm. And I think same thing, you know, because the muscles are resistant. So your pancreas says, okay, how about more insulin? You know, trying to drive it in. Yeah. 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 You're right. That's, that's a good point. I've seen a lot of uh, articles, you know, a lot of these coaches and some of the people online and pseudo nutritionists, and they're giving this, you know, different advices to people on, some of this stuff, and just I don't understand. I think they fully understand the interplay, you know, between glucose and insulin and counter-regulatory hormones. There's so much going on, and you know, the how much of this is insulin sensitivity versus you know hepatic output yeah. of glucose, and there's so many things. And yet they'll try to give practical tips, and I'm not sure they're they're always valid. You know, they think yeah. they're telling you that you're checking one thing or another, and really you're not. You know, actually, that's not right. And that's the problem when these guys, they write articles based on their opinions. And they're writing articles about how to read your blood work, you know. And it's like, okay, I think you guys just need to sit down, you know, before you hurt yourselves. Anyway. All right. Well, let's go to break. When we come back, we're actually going to have a topic on uh, training oddities. So maybe this will stimulate listeners to think about their own training uh, careers. But, you know, what's the weird stuff you've seen Uh, in and around the gym and you'll see what I mean uh, in just a minute hi this is Dr. Lowry with an update on the protein book that you hear about in the ad at the end of the show Uh, if you simply google CRC press and protein uh, there's a new development on the right side of the page. You can see ebook, and there's a purchase slash rent option. And the cool thing here is if you check that out now, because they have an agreement with Vital Book, uh, you can actually download the ebook for sixty nine US dollars. So that's thirty one percent off the ninety nine ninety five uh, cover price. So that's pretty fantastic. Sixty nine dollars. I think that's gonna drop it into the affordable range for a lot of people, and you can even rent it. Uh, Lower down the page, they have 180-day rentals and one-year rentals, so you can access the book in electronic format and get some of this juicy information. So, thanks. Hi, this is Dr. Lonnie Lowry, and on behalf of Phil and Rob, I'd just like to let listeners know that if you love us or you hate us, We'd like you to leave a comment or perhaps vote for us on iTunes. It helps us out quite a bit on the popularity side of things. Uh, You can also follow uh, Dr. Lowry, me, on Twitter. Uh, It's Lawnman7 on Twitter if you want to do that. We also have a Facebook page, the Iron Radio uh, listeners page. So uh, whether it's leaving a comment or voting for us or following us on Twitter or Facebook – uh, that would be fantastic. Also, uh, occasionally Rob or myself will write an article for another website, and Phil will as well. So lots of ways to um, interact, uh, follow us in other media, and vote for us and uh, keep things going strong on Iron Radio. Thanks. Like your weekly fix of Iron Radio? In addition to being a popular institute on iTunes... We are also on email. Simply go to www.ironradio.org and sign up for the voluntary email. You'll get a once-per-week email, no more, that's little more than the show notes and a link to the audio. So go for it. 
Okay, everybody, we're back. It's Lonnie and Mike and Phil, and we're going to talk about training oddities. Some of the weird things that we've come across uh, in our training careers, and maybe some of the things that you might have come across in your training career you can think about, listeners. But there was another podcast which actually gave me the idea for this, very unrelated, and they were talking about some of the oddities in their field. And I'm like, well, there's lots of weirdness around you know, bodybuilding and power <laughs> training and all this sort of stuff. So gym members... Uh, let's talk about this. So, um, Phil, how about, I mean, you're running a gym, so you might have some control. If anybody's getting too weird, you'll maybe correct them. <laughs> I don't know how to say that. You'll uh, bounce them. I don't know. But do you, have you come across any particular memorable, odd, you know, uh, gym yeah, member? Yeah, it's, it's neat because I think from day one we've, like, at, at my place we've, We've created an environment that polices itself. So, and and one of the one of the biggest police for that is my wife. Uh, <laughs> but it's like if you don't fit, generally you're going to know it in like the first week. And you know, we kind of it, it seems like people end up ousting themselves. They're like, yeah, I got to go. You know, we had one guy. <laughs> we had one guy come in, and it was like, okay, yeah, I'll train you, whatever. And within like three days, his nickname was douchebag. Oh, <laughs> he'd pull up and hey douchebag how's it going and he was like oh god and you know i don't it didn't take long and he was gone what made him a douchebag though why was he weird or you know uh, it was just one of those typical deals where you get the people that come in and they they act like they want to be trained and but then they're the 20 something male that thinks they know everything because they were oh. they, you know born with the fact they know everything <laughs> And things like that. I mean, that's the the most typical we get um, would maybe be something like that. But I'm lucky in that everybody kind of knows what we do. And usually the people that show up are going to fit. And, man, we got such a broad a broad spectrum of people, but it, we all get along. Um, right. Somehow. And that's part of it. I mean, there are some – there's weirdness. I mean, and but, I mean, we kind of – uh, we're all weird too. So, um, you know, it's you know, funny, Phil. Of- my wife sometimes, you know, we are, if we get too judgmental, she she'll look at me and kind of grin and say, "Good thing we're perfect." Yeah. You know, just kind of that's, sarcastic. That's part of the fun to me. I mean, as long as you know, be a little odd. It, it makes things a bit a bit more fun, and we like joking around as as much as we like working really hard. So, right. Well, let me offer. I got two examples actually. These are just guys that. Actually, from the gym where I train over the years, but I might have mentioned this, in fact, on Iron Radio in years past because this was it was disturbing and unavoidable. But we had this guy in there, and I'm not sure he was, I don't know, I almost used the word normal, but we were just talking about what's normal. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. he might have yeah. been somehow cognitively impaired <laughs> yeah. or emotionally traumatized, but this guy would shout, I mean, scream, mm. shout the last you know, two thirds of any set. So like after a couple reps in this guy is, I mean, screaming at the top of his lungs, sometimes counting, screaming, sometimes mm-hmm. just bellowing out. But to the point where everyone would stop and look at the guy and kind of like you said, almost that social pressure, like dude, we're trying to accommodate you, but you know, yeah. one, one grunt or, or even shout every, you know, work once a workout or twice, okay, but not eight reps in a row, you know? Yeah. And so uh, that was just 
bizarre. And like I said, he's not around anymore. So either he got the message. Uh, unfortunately, I think, I think sometimes guys like that, they they own it. Like, this makes me special. This is how I'm going to stand out in the gym. I'm like, no, you're misguided. Just don't do that. You yeah. know? Uh, maybe we'll have an episode on gym etiquette sometime. But uh, the other one is th- there is a guy who uh, he would arrive at the gym in a dress shirt. And he trains in dress shirts. Uh, and I always thought that was odd, but, you know, to each his own. I don't know. He maybe instead of a sweatshirt, he wears a dress shirt, you know. And and then I saw him leave the gym once, and he put on, like, a comfortable, like a T-shirt <laughs> or something. And I thought, okay, what? You know. So, and again, maybe there's a reason for it. And again, yeah, we don't want to be judgmental, but that, I just found that odd. You know, I mean, yeah. so the guy puts on a dress shirt to train, and he puts on the T-shirt to when he leaves? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but sometimes you get some strange one, that's for sure. Now, Mike, are you usually, um, you said you joined a commercial gym. Yeah, yeah, I, I did recently. So I usually mostly train in my garage, but it gets so cold in the winter, and you know I don't really have much for cardio-type stuff here or any of that kind of stuff. It's all pretty much strongman, real basic-type stuff, which I love. But I also realized that <clears throat> just for general movement, I wasn't moving around very much at all. And even back when I was in college, there's a, we had a, a private gym in Michigan Tech. The public gym there wasn't too much, so a bunch of students years ago you know, bought out part of the facility and we you know got our own equipment and stuff and there was a the main stereo so sort of the unwritten rule was you know whatever cd was playing you'll let them finish their cd you go in and set you know your music on top so it'd be kind of a, a priority order and there would be one guy in there who literally listened to the rocky soundtrack every single time for <laughs> god must have was there for four and a half years it was insane and then he got sneaky and he programmed the cd player to put it on repeat so mm. we had to cut that off we're like hey man if you know if you're in order that's cool you know you get to listen to it once but not twice or three times for like, yeah. two hours you're there or whatever yeah so. put on some headphones or i don't know yeah i know phil you've got that too. regular you're mix good. but this sounds like way beyond that yeah 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 oh wow and, one other quick story I had, too, is um, my wife, you know, because she goes around to some of the conferences we go to and stuff. So she gets to meet. She's met you guys and all that kind of stuff, which is great. And so we were at a conference a couple of years ago. met a guy who works in the strength conditioning field. And afterwards, we're talking. And she's like, wow, he seems really nice. Very cool guy. Did he uh, uh, sunburn his armpits? What happened? <laughs> 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 He kind of had the the ILS syndrome, so I, ILS. I that was funny. <laughs> the sunburned armpits, mm. right? Smuggling grapefruit, I say. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> See, I think the the problem I have is like most of the people I have would probably get kicked out of a regular gym. So I probably have the oddballs. Is what I got going on. Yeah. So no, understood. Because I, mean, I mean, and that's how. That's why I mean people. Like I'll just point people at yeah, you should just go to that commercial gym because I mean I mean it's nothing to like walk in and then all of a sudden oh Adam doesn't have any clothes on he's changing right. <laughs> he's right here you know? right yeah <laughs> it's like oh okay well yeah go well you know that. what Phil it's like you said about you know when they they're calling that guy douchebag this is yeah. like. They're busting his chops to try to point yeah. out a behavior flaw, you know, it's, like well, you're yeah. being a douchebag. And, and in a regular very... gym, 
take some of your members. They, you know, if they were going to like a Planet Fatness and be like, "Yo, douchebag," you know, yeah. they'd be kicked out. <laughs> like if we had an HR department, it would be problematic. HR. I mean, we, um, <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, yeah, because I mean, we. It's definitely a, you've got to be able to take it, and, and we expect you to give it back. You know, so right, yeah, because you're gonna get you're gonna get crap. I don't care who you are, you know. You know, you're going to walk in and somebody's going to say something, you know, off the cuff. At you. Inappropriate. Just, just, yeah. yeah, inappropriate just for fun. And, uh, you know, that's that's part of the, the enjoyment. I mean, like now we have the new, I like to call it exercise racing room. And <laughs> like on day one, I'm sitting there, man, I got to be nice to these guys. They just started. And I made it about halfway through my first session of them being there. I was like, no, I can't do that. So they're in there squatting and, you know, they're having to clean the weight and squat it. And, you know, they're doing every minute on the minute squats and so i reach my head in the window i'm like hey that looks a lot like what we do over here we call awesome. it squatting there's just a lot more weight on the bar <laughs> then i just walk away and they're like and i heard him talking yesterday like yeah phil just randomly walks in the room and he says something you know derogatory insulting and then, and, then, and then walks back out and goes back to his training it's like yeah that's you know it's part of the fun and i mean if you if you if you can't take things light uh, you just don't belong, you know. We, like I said, I mean, it's all part of. We like having a lot of fun too. So I think it, that's um, probably more common. There's probably a lot of people listening. To me like, yeah, you know, I get that. You know, yeah. like uh, I actually talked to Pep, the gym owner at Bodybuilders there, and I'm like, you know, this is such a subculture. Um, you kind of see the outcasts, you mm -hmm. know, the people that are not normal. We're, we're talking about how do you define normal, but. Sometimes that's good, you know, yeah. not being the status quo, you know. But I was almost surprised how uh, quickly he agreed. He said, "Yeah, they're, these guys are outcasts." You know what I mean? Yeah. They're it doesn't necessarily mean bad in a way, but certainly someone who's cast out of a normal um, mainstream gen pop facility, you know, of course, yeah, they're going to gravitate together and they're going to have that kind of social interaction. I would think, yeah. you know. Anyway, let's keep moving down the list here. Um, what about facilities have you ever trained anywhere weird uh mike i i don't want to sound rude but often <laughs> when i think about you i think you always seem to put yourself in novel situations with odd lifts yeah. and you know yeah. and you're always trying to keep yourself um have that sort of i'm almost said metabolic flexibility but you know that whole kind of yeah. concept of keeping it novel i don't know i gotta ask you first any memorable weird places that you've trained Oh, yeah. I mean, you can probably tell them about the CrossFit place when we were at EV. Um, but the other one was, um, again, when I was up at Michigan Tech, there was I moved off campus. And so I'm like, oh, it's too much of a pain to drive on campus and to go to the gym. So there's a local gym there. And so you go in, and it took me, like, <clears throat> I think three or four days to even find the owner there, you know, like on a day. And so I finally find the owner, talk to him, get a membership, whatever. And it's, you know, one of these old school, you know, dungeon, hole-in-the-wall places. There literally was no windows in the place at all, mm. even though it was an outside building that stood on its own. And the nice part is they give you, you know, a keypad number. You can go in whenever. And it's very old, kind of rusty kind of stuff. There was this coffee pot machine that no one ever wanted to look into because it was probably really scary. <laughs> and the, <clears throat> the funny part was there was, you know, random dogs that would just, you know, wander around all the time and i didn't <clears throat> initially know that dogs and so I, my roommate was spotting me for just some dumbbell bench press or something 
and I'm, you know, trying to get the last couple reps or whatever. I finally get the last couple reps. I set them down and my, my roommates like, you know, bent over, like laughing in the corner, like on the ground in the fetal position. And I'm like, what, what the hell just happened here? And he's like pointing, he's like, dog, dog. (laughs) And I'm like, so it turns out this whole time, the dog had come up like right next to me and was like sniffing around my face the whole time. And he's doubled over in laughter because he thought it was hilarious, and I didn't know what was going on. So it's there's yeah. always some you're concentrating weirdness going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> freaking dog. You, was there more than one dog, or just one dog? No, I'm like, it's a, I'm like, it's a dog. It's not like an antelope wandered into the gym. I mean, it's a dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. I've seen a dog uh, in my gym once. And he knew, I don't know, he must have grown up around it. He knew to stay away from the people who were lifting. You know, if, if, oh, my, nice. my pooch in there, she'd kill herself for yeah, sure. See, I, we, have a, we have a gym dog, so I'm used, I'm used to that. But. Yeah, yeah gym dogs are cool yeah. if they know, if, if they're uh, socialized, you know. Yeah. Um, you know what? One of the weirdest places I, I think of, I'm, I mean, the gym I'm at now, I mean, there's some dripping ceiling and there's buckets around and stuff. And, you know, because, you, you know, like you said, Mike, that dungeon type gym, yeah. uh, some gym owners, they're good with that. I mean, they'll repair things. It's almost like, how do they decide when something's actually broken? You know, because yeah. at one point is the roof unacceptably leaking, you know. But yeah. the one I remember the most was that there was a gym. Uh, called Muscle Gym, and it kind of floated around a couple different locations here in Northeast Ohio. But at one location, the roof was a parachute. I'm not kidding. And I don't mean a parachute indoors. That was the roof. That's all you had. Uh, And I'm like, how is this going to work in an Ohio winter, you know? Um, But to save money, you know, they just basically moved into a big warehouse, and half of the place was parked cars, like nice cars that were in storage. And you can just walk over there between sets. You're walking between, like, you know, these nice old Camaros and stuff. And and then you go back and you do your sets, and the roof was a parachute. And as it got colder and colder, it started getting really bizarre. You know, so on one level, that's almost kind of dungeony hardcore. I mean, we don't even have a freaking roof, you know. And... I don't, and it was huge, right? I mean, obviously this was a warehouse, so the I don't know how big they make parachutes, but it was enormous. Huh. But it was old military, some kind of surplus parachute, and uh, that wow. that was just the gym, you know. So I, I, they closed, or I went back to bodybuilders gym, or whatever happened back then. I don't remember exactly what happened to that, but that was weird. I got to say that was odd. Freaking parachute. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've trained in a lot of weird places, but. Maybe probably the most one of the most memorable would be the first gym, like the first two months I was in Thailand. I ended up going to a place called Golden Gym, not Gold's Gym, Golden Gym. Okay. <laughs> and there was never anyone in there except for the owner, which is this gigantic German dude. And he'd just sit behind the counter. And it was basically an apartment building that was turned into a gym. So, I mean, it, it was small, little, like, studio apartment rooms. That oh, yeah. Apartment. I've seen gyms like and that. And you'd go up, you'd go up, like, there was three or four stories. <laughs> and it was like, you know, this is the squat rack room. And there'd be three squat racks in a small room. And then, <laughs> you know, over here, and it's, so you had to search your way to find what you wanted. But, um, wow, you know, that was an interesting place. And it was, you know, of course, in Thailand, it was 700 degrees all the time. Oh. No, I mean, right. and and. 115 percent humidity yeah but um i got no air, little taste no air conditioning yeah but yeah it's i mean that's that that's a good point phil i mean one of the very first gyms that i uh in which i worked uh it was an old house 
and yeah. they converted the old house into a gym, and it was the same thing. There was two stories, and there was these little individual rooms. Yeah, it was, it and was, you know, weird. The thing is, is like most of, again, just like the gym culture I live in, most of the places I like to train are probably what the average person would call really odd. Like my place, I mean, most people would probably call it really odd. <laughs> you know, we went to this old freaking hangar building that you know so right uh it's flavor i mean for me oddness would be like if i had to train at a commercial gym again because it's been so long (laughs) but yeah you know again back to the normal kind of idea but way too normal way too sanitized yes you know like i said then on the hardcore side mike you mentioned like dungeon type gyms and stuff it's it's hard to decide what's too dirty or too broke you yeah, know, yeah. because that actually I was yeah. funny. Funnily, that muscle gym place before they moved to the place with the with no roof and they put up a parachute. I was um, I was training in there and, you know, they had some, uh, you know, a lot of gyms you'll see the owners. In fact, the gym I used to work in did this. They'll they'll know a buddy or they themselves will be a machinist and they'll actually weld their equipment, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was doing a couple reps with some pretty heavy dumbbells um, for me, you know, heavy enough that, that I was putting this homemade bench you know under stress i guess and uh it collapsed underneath me and i mean it's unbelievable to me that i didn't impale myself on one of those you know um fairly sharp square piping kind of things you know because i'm laying there on the floor 120 pound dumbbells on either side of me thinking how did that (laughs) those not land on my skull you know Uh, i mean and that's a kind of place I don't know. I could sue him, but for what? The, the gym owner doesn't have anything. Yeah. I'm a poor yeah. college kid. I don't have anything. So I'm like, I think you might want to fix that. <laughs> Just yeah. kept lifting. I don't know. But That's The last facility I trained at before I left here to go to Arizona was <laughs> this guy. He just he bought out another gym and, and decided to open a gym. And so my facility, like this time of year, it's freaking cold. You know, it was two degrees a couple weeks ago. Yeah, brutally. And, you know, I'll you walk in my gym and don't expect it to be hot. You know, we don't keep it at 75, 80 degrees, but it's not, you know, it's 50 in there, 55, you know, mm-hmm. you get, once you get working, it's not bad, mm-hmm. you know, but this guy like to save money, you know, it's, it's middle of Kansas winter. And he's like, we're going natural, you know, and he tries to use this as his, you know, like, yeah. like advertising. Like and it's I a good literally thing. walk in there and it was negative two outside. It was negative one in the gym. You know, I'd squat <laughs> and ice would form on the windows from the, the humidity coming off me. Oh, wow. And it was like the place you were just talking about. Like he had an old 45 degree leg press and there was some, some older gal, older, I mean, she's probably in her mid sixties and she's leg pressing. And it was one of the ones where you can pack plates on the side, but it also had a place to plaque plates on top. And yeah. They'd always yeah. leave like two or three forty fives on there. And those were on there and it broke. And fell on this lady while I'm sitting, and it was like, oh, man. oh no! And it was like, how are you still open? And yeah, but it was a uh, yeah, interesting places like that. And but you know, I've always I mean, actually that's funny. That's sort of a f- irrational fear of mine. I'll be on a leg press sometimes, and I never, I always either leave my legs up on the platform or I get off of it. You know, mm-hmm. because uh, we've got this big nebula one, you know, at the gym, and it's at a fairly low angle, so you have to really load it with plates. You know, it's like yeah. nothing to put eight hundred pounds on there, thousand pounds, and it's still only moderately heavy. You know, you know what I mean. Yeah. But I'm always afraid that if I extend my legs, you can kind of put your legs forward off the seat, like under the machine, and I'm always afraid mm-hmm. it's going to guillotine me because yes. I mean, it would just cut me right in half. Yep. You know, and that I always get the same fright if I'm, I haven't touched the leg press in a while, but it's like 
I always wonder if this thing's going to fall. I keep my hand right close to that safety catch. Yes, exactly. (laughs) That's funny. It's like if my knee goes, I'm in trouble (laughs) or something like that. No, I think about. Well, as a segue, then what about uh, weird equipment? Um, Like odd. You know, I'll offer one just to maybe get the juices flowing. But I was at Strong and Shapely Gym, Bob Bottoms Gym, out on the East Coast years ago, training there with Rob. Uh, in fact, there might even be a picture on our little bios page from there, but he has one of the coolest leg presses I've never really seen before. And I know the powerlifters are probably like, oh, Lowry, leg press, lame. But I made some tremendous gains with leg pressing. With mm-hmm. you know, uh, God, When I was in San Diego, I think I must have put two inches on my thighs one summer uh, focusing on a lot of that stuff. I mean, I never do it exclusively, really. But I, I'll literally do like six-week runs and just focus mostly on it. But he had one, and... Maybe there's a word for this, and if there is, I'm just ignorant. Maybe one of you guys know, but you sit horizontally, and you push the weight directly away from you, but it was not in a way that I've ever seen before. It was sort of a hammer strength type thing where it was a clever pivot, you know, and the the axis was above me and away from me. Uh, And I don't know, whatever, for my particular shape, it was perfect. Mm. I mean, I just... I could feel it exactly where I wanted in my quads. The next day, I could barely walk my right where I wanted it. You know what I mean? You always get those sort of particular pieces of equipment, but I have never seen one of those horizontal leg press type things, plate loaded, of course. You know, it's not a machine uh, in any kind of fancy sense. Um, but I, I don't know. I've looked for one of those ever since, those weird leg presses like Bob's got out there and never found one uh, again. But I don't know. Have you guys ever seen anything really uh, weird? I mean, <laughs> I go back to the define weird. Um, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I guess the weirdest thing is just like homemade stuff, like totally homemade. There was a place like where I lived in the second place in Thailand was I lived in an MMA camp. And like everything was like, okay, pour cement on that bar. Okay, we got to wait. You know, how much is the weigh? I don't know. A couple bags of cement. <laughs> so, yeah. um, things yeah. like that. And like rickety, like, okay, here's our bench. It's bamboo tied together with, you know, Bananas leaves. <laughs> that shit. Oh it's like, well, okay, you know, and so it's just Improvised. ingenuity, yeah, and improvising to make things. So, um, that type of stuff. But I mean, that stuff's fun to me too. I've done some of the same thing myself. Like, you know, we'd hang, uh, get some pulleys going on, and and get army bags and throw weights in them, and hang them, and okay, we're gonna pull on this. So, right. You know, uh, I will say this. There are times, and I guess sometimes there's probably intermediate guys like, that guy doesn't know what he's doing. But sometimes I'll use a piece of equipment for a, like an off-label purpose. <laughs> you know, oh, like yeah. you face the opposite direction because you get a different angle on it, you know, or something like that. Like when one of the, like we have a hammer triceps push down kind of thing. And if, you know, I'll, I'll face the wrong way or, you know, we have some ab equipment that you could technically face the opposite way and do lower back stuff on it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And they're, even though sometimes they're not built for it, I know that's odd, but I'll do that anyway. You know what yeah. I mean? Just trying to, I'm looking for a particular feeling or, you know, target a particular muscle. I don't know. One one we did was, uh, I don't even know what brought this up, but I got a pack of brand new pack of bands and, we tied all the bands together, and then we'd hook them on our weight vest. And then we just took turns running with, like, a stick in our hands against these bands and yeah. see who could make it the furthest. As and the tension builds? To, to, yes, as the tension builds. <laughs> then you'd have to ram the stick in the ground, and the next person had to try and beat that. 
And the bad thing was, is, you know, you'd ram the stick in the ground and then oh, somehow you had to get back and you've got, you know, hundreds of pounds of fan tension against you. And the minute you let off, you just go caroming backwards. Right. <laughs> but, you know, it was fun stuff like that. I mean, it's like, okay, let's see who can pull against that tension the most. Yeah, it's creative, uh, you know. So. Do you ever do yeah, anything weird, Mike? Have seen weird equipment like that? Yeah, my gym's, my wife is laughing here because my gym's full of all sorts of weird she equipment. She makes <clears throat> nutty stuff up. I, she says I make stuff up, which is actually true. Um, <laughs> so, but even to like a a standard gym population, right? So if you're used to seeing a conventional deadlift and you do like a, you know, a hack deadlift or a hack squat yeah. where the bar is actually behind you, you get weird looks. And, you know, God forbid you do like a Jefferson or a straddle deadlift, they look at you like, what the... You, what the heck? Don't you know your kid's supposed to keep both feet behind the bar, you yeah. know? Right, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, that's just the standard bar. Um, I have stuff to do, like, a what's called a Dinny Stone lift. So the Dinny Stones are over in Scotland there. These two huge stones that combine weights, like, 734 pounds, and they stuck these metal rings um, in them. So a guy over there uh, created replicas of them, which I have. So it's a round ring. The front, one in the front's bigger, the one in the back is smaller. Then you have a loading pin underneath, so you can just, you know, set, uh, attach weights um, to it. So it's a very odd lift where it's a partial deadlift, but you're straddled over it, and then you're rotated, in my case, rotated to the left. And then when you're doing it, because they're different heights, the back one comes up first before the front one. So now you've got a, a weird off-axis lift. And the rings in the front especially is just big enough for your hand can't fit around it. So it crushes the crap out of your hand and stuff too. But, hmm. um, yeah, so all sorts of fun stuff like that. I mean, a lot of it just depends on, you know, what is your goal and what are you trying to do. But mm -hmm. I think in general just for even the quote-unquote average person or whatever, the more just adding in some asymmetrical stuff, I mean, to your lifting I think is going to be a benefit. Yeah, I bet. It would be cool to see like a Pinterest page or something. I don't really do that kind of stuff, but of weird gym equipment from around the world, you know, like oh, yeah. all over oh, the world. Yeah. You'd find some real, and I mean, stuff that's meant to be used, not in some museum, but stuff that's actually in use. I bet there's all kinds of wacky oh, yeah. stuff, you know. Yeah, there was recently one of the, like somebody posted up and it was like, would you train at this gym? And it was just odd crap that was all welded together. And yes. all these people were training in like a park. Yeah. One of my favorite new ones recently, I guess, has been uh, I use my daughter as equipment. So it's, I take oh. <laughs> taking a page from like uh, <laughs> like the story of Milo and the bowl. So it's like I, I do chins with it's like Olivia, come over here, grab on my neck, and I'll do chins, and then we'll do ring pushups. And she loves it. And it's like, well, yeah. you, know, you know, I've got this variable load as she gets older. As long as I can still do a chin without Phil, hanging on. That is so, so funny. I used to have my son, or, and even Kelly, I hope she doesn't hear me say this, but um, <laughs> I still do it on rare occasion. And as, again, yeah, the same thing as Logan grew, you know, um, but I would do like donkey calf raises on the stairs. Like if I didn't, if yeah. I forgot to do calves at the gym or something. And I would have them sit on my lower back, you know, for extra weight or even both of them, you know. Yeah. And it's funny, you're right, as they grew, that's that's just funny. Yeah. Um, and you know what? One year I was in spring break, and I, it was back in a time where I would not miss a single workout. You know, like I I couldn't even walk away from lifting for more than a day at a time, you know. And I made my brother get on my back, and I don't know if I had him holding a 
bag of cement or what it was, but we were staying with a friend's grandpa or whatever. So I, I, I think about that old phrase, he ain't heavy, he's my brother. And I've got him balancing on my back. He's on my shoulders, you know, and I'm squatting. Just him. It's just, mm-hmm. you got to do what you got to do, you know, human equipment. Yeah, oh, yeah, I have a couple weird ones out there. Like one I had, we were at a strongman thing, and afterwards we were just messing around, and I had a 1,000 pounds worth of people get on a yoke. And I walked them, nice. um, and that was the worst thing I've ever done to my hips. Was, oh man, I was. I, it gave me a new appreciation for really heavy yokes, uh, <laughs> and I only made it like ten feet. But and mm. then we did another one for a while there. I was I was shooting just odd videos. We did this. What would Phil or yeah, what would Phil do or something like that? And I talked a buddy into mine to putting a squat bar on his back. And then I got down and stuck my head between his legs and stood up with him on top. So there was him with a squat bar sitting on my shoulders on top. <laughs> and then fractal. I squatted them both. You know. <laughs> and the bad thing was is we never talked about how we're going to get out of this situation. Yeah. All right. So I just, I just had to, like, carom him off my shoulders with the bar on his back. And, yeah, it was horrible. But, you know, it was fun stuff like that. And then, like Mike was talking about, the odd lifts and things like that and just – just making up weird things. There was one point where I held like a hundred pound dumbbell over my head and then I had to reach down and grab a three fifteen barbell with the other hand and stand up while holding, you know, just, just odd things. I like odd lifts though. Yeah. I, mean, I think, I think a lot of that has been lost. There's yeah, like, I was glad to get back to it for the strength guild games. We had loading events and stuff like that. And it was, it gives a whole different kind of strength. You know, when you're picking up kegs and sandbags and things like that. Yeah, so. you get sore in weird ways. Yeah, and, you it's, know. Yeah, it's this weird deep down, like, <sighs> oblique and, you know, A core sister soreness. stabilizer muscle. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, I got one more uh, quickly before we uh, wrap up, but gym policies. Have you ever been in a gym where you're like, that's the strangest thing or, or that's just odd to me? Um, and I could tell you, one, it's a, more like bull crap than anything to me, but I was once at one of these chains, and I don't know how local they are versus like across the Midwest, but it was called a, oh, U.S. Total Fitness maybe, or I can't remember, but I was on an auto debit, right? And this gym's policy, it, it, people might not even believe me, but I swear to God this is true. Uh I let my expiry, I got like a one year or two year package. You know, a friend of mine, um, uh, Tony was a, a trainer there, you know, and we were, he was an old roommate and everything. So he got me a really good deal. I got like a two year contract. It expired. And their policy was that I was an expired member, but they would still auto debit me every month. And you might think like, wait, what? So I, I couldn't get them to stop auto-debiting me because I was still a member. I was just an expired member. I don't know, zombie <laughs> member. And so I went in one day. Uh, I was strapped for a place to lift. And I so I went to the gym. I'm like, well, you're auto-debiting me. I might as well work out. Uh, and they, they blocked me at the door. And they said, you cannot come in. It was one of those gate kind of things. I said, what? They said, our policy is that you are a member, but you're expired members, so you may not lift. I said, "What? So you're yeah. taking like forty bucks a month from me? You won't let me quit, and you won't let me lift? Yes, uh, yes, well, that's yeah. our policy. That's I, uh. I wrote a letter, you know, to like the corporate headquarters. I was about to call the police. Yeah. You know, I mean, like you're, you're. This is theft. 
Uh, I, I don't know how they get away with that. And again, I'm not sure exactly. I know the location, but there's been a couple different gyms in there. So don't hold me to the name that I used. But the point is, I was floored. And again, it, it was a chain. And finally, I just canceled the credit card. I'm like, well, I'll cut you off at the throat then. You know, I'll just yeah. cut you off at the font so you can't get money. Uh, and that's the only way I got out of that. But that was absolutely the freakiest gym policy I've ever heard. I mean, I know there's all kinds with like Planet Fatness and the no lunk policy and all that. But um, yeah, that we're allowed to steal policy was a new one to me. Anyway, yeah, that's interesting. I don't know, you guys, you guys ever see anything weird like that for membership requirements? Because um, I could tell you, like the gym I'm at now, um, there's no women. Only, um, really? only Pep's wife is the only woman in that gym, oh. and I've actually had people say, you know, why aren't women allowed? And he goes, well, technically they're allowed. I just, you know, there just really hasn't been any who uh, want to put up with this. You know, I said there's a fair <laughs> number of outcasts, you know, and uh, leaky ceilings and rusty, yeah. dirty stuff here and there, you know. And I'm not, but of course there's going to be some women who probably dig on that. I don't know, um, but yeah, never, never a woman in there. Yeah, I mean the ones that I ran into run into wouldn't be considered weird in in like our crowds. Like I've been, I got kicked out for scaring people because I was deadlifting, and I was like, really? Yeah. I'm on like my third warm up here. It's like I, at least let me get to my work sets and, mm -hmm. and things like that. So, um, one gym made my wife Olympic lift in the hallway, <laughs> wow. <laughs> which was tough, you know, when you've only got a four foot wide hallway. But uh, because she was a woman, you mean, or no, just because that's they had nowhere to do it. They're like, do it in the hallway. I was like, OK, uh, well, that's odd. OK, but uh, I guess it keeps you you know, on your toes. I guess you got to exactly catch the lift right. There's no walking around with it. But um, yeah, yeah, I mean, none weird. that I can think of that are like weirder than mine. <laughs> that's when I'm measuring it off my own place. I mean, people walk in and they're like, what's the toilet for? And it's like, that's our chalk bucket. <laughs> so when, when you own the weird gym, it's hard to, like, uh, have a, you know, be be awestruck by weird things. Yeah. So. There's a difference between weird and flavor, I think. Yeah. You know, like, sometimes it's just flavor. It's a little hardcore. You know, like, there's a there's a tampon dispenser on the wall next to the squat rack, and there's a, a plaque <laughs> next to it that says, it's leg day, really, you'll need one. And I'm not sure what that means exactly. <laughs> <laughs> But it's just, I don't know, maybe I'll put a picture of that up. It's just funny. It's funny, you know. So that's not a gym policy, of course. <laughs> yeah. Just, no, I mean, you know, another case of ours is, like, you can earn a shirt if, like, the girls can earn a shirt if they pee on the platform because it happens. You know? Wow. Okay. So, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's the oddest. I never really got it until, you know, you get around girls that lift heavy, and it just it just happens. Wow. You know, so especially with Olympic weightlifters, like my wife catch a heavy clean and it's like, oh, I just peed. Wow. <laughs> okay. You know, you see it on <laughs> like Olympic weightlifting all the time on TV. Um, so, so we just decide to accept it and like you earn a shirt, but it, it's got to like we, we've, we've nailed it down. Like it's got to pass three judges. Like it, it has to, it can't just be a little bit. It's got to go through Badge and like, honor. make it to the platform. Yeah. No. So <laughs> you can't just piddle yourself a little bit. <laughs> you, know, you want a shirt that's got to come full on through and you know yeah yeah you know we have one for the guys where you know what is it? it's like if you ain't pooping you ain't trying 
So you literally have to soil yourself on a very heavy lift to earn a shirt. And you can't do this on purpose. This can't be like a, I'm sick and, you know, it right. happened. It's like, no, you've got it. Like, it's got to be 700 pounds, eyes popping out of your head. Right. And oops, I need to go to the bathroom. No now. cheating. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, that's just another definition of, uh, it's hard to have weird, see weird gems when you own the weird gym. Yeah, there's kind of a weird yeah. bathroom theme you got going there with the yeah. toilets <laughs> and the oh. potty on the platform thing. Yeah. <laughs> and one of my favorite ones was uh, we went to a meet. It was, gosh, it might have been the first meet from my federation. And one of my lifters shows up to weigh in. And we were at a CrossFit facility is where we were holding it. And there's a whole CrossFit class going on while I'm doing weigh-ins. And my buddy walks in with a shit-eating grin on his face. I'm like, oh, no. And he's like, just a second. I'm going to weigh in, but I need to go to the bathroom first. I was like, all right. So he goes in there, and then he comes out wearing nothing but a jock strap. And we're right oh in front of the class. God. And they're all staring over there, and he's just walking. <laughs> he's walking like in this sumo walk. And he comes over and weighs in. And then the monolith's there. And we got to check monolith height. And he just straddles that monolift, and he's up, oh, and he's doing squats. And this whole CrossFit class is looking over, like, "Oh my God, yeah. what are these power lifters doing?" So, yeah, so bizarre. Yeah, yeah. I, if, if you open that up to competitions, yeah, you can think of a lot of weird stuff. Yeah, you know, I've so. seen some really weird stuff. Culture and weird gyms. When I was also in in Florida, I think it's at the uh, Tampa Bay Powerhouse. There's a couple of different ones, but there's the the old school one where, you know, Lane Norton, a bunch of guys left. And it's the funniest part. You go in the chin-up bar and where they had the the sort of the revolving step platforms had holes cut out of the ceiling for them. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. And weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else? I mean, Mike, you've been around the block. Oh, yeah. There's always just like Phil said, I've been – the weirdest thing for me was to go back to like a, a standard sort of fancy expensive type mm -hmm. gym where there's no chalk and there's just miles of cardio equipment. And this place is real nice. There's a, a saltwater pool and a basketball court and it's very nice, but it's, it's just so sterile, so different. <laughs> it's missing something. Yeah. <clears throat> Another world. It's like institutional. Right. So, yeah. yeah. You see like the same people doing the, the same stuff every day and you've got you know the high school kids who come in to put two plates on the squat rack and you know go down like two inches and yeah even when i was at the u of m once years ago they had three guys who were doing their bench press routine and they would load the bar up with like three plates on a side and they would all kind of stand around and one guy would get under the bench but i, I was kind of watching them while i was down there so for the course of a whole hour then they would deload it you know, down to something, a couple guys to do more reps, and they load it back up to 315, and I don't think they ever benched 315. They just stood around a lot with the, the bench loaded to 315. In <laughs> it looks good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's funny. All right, fellas. Well, uh, let's wrap it up. Uh, we've got some guests coming up, everyone. Uh, and, I again, Phil and I think we'd be remiss if we didn't announce the, the workshop that's coming up. Oh, yeah. You know. So um, you can still go to Strength Guild to sign up for that, right? Yes, you can. So I think we got, I think we got six or seven now. What are so, the details? Well, it is what twenty seventh, twenty eighth, and the first of February and March. Um, you come out to my place, and Lonnie will be here. Myself, Jarrell, Neil, 
and JP, uh, you know, our sponsored athlete, and you come out, you show up on a Friday night, we'll sit and we'll get something to eat, talk shop, come in the next morning, and I figured we'll end up doing an Iron Radio show. Um, and then from there, everybody that signs up is going to do one of two or both meets. So they'll do a powerlifting and or Olympic weightlifting meet where we will all judge it and we'll have enough coaches there to where like three three of us will judge and then we'll have people to handle you too so you'll be able to go through a meet and then from those we'll we'll take notes and tell you what to work on then after after your meet we'll spend the next day and a half you know doing that or working on whatever you need to so um it's I've never seen a, a a workshop thrown like this where you actually go through a meet and then you have coaches saying, okay, here's what you did well, here's what you need to work on as far as lifts and, and just how you go through a meet. Um, and then Lonnie will give a talk, um, get us all caffeinated, and uh, you know it's you know the, the shop talk that ensues. It's hard to actually explain that that's arguably the best part or one of the best parts, but yeah, it is. You know, while you're getting instruction or you're watching somebody else, you're standing around. It just stimulates conversation you know and before you know it you're asking questions and you know getting some really good information and that's that's exactly why i've started to just purposely leave these things like wide open as far as okay this day we're working on whatever the heck it is you guys want to work on because usually things just come up organically and you know like like we come in saturday and we'll do that that meet and then we'll work with people on whatever they need to work on from that and then saturday night we'll get something to eat and we'll sit around and talk and then, you know, usually from what goes on Saturday night, then now we have an agenda for Sunday, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, even uh, the eating, you know, then we start talking food and nutrition. Yeah, and, you know, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It just works itself up. So, All right. yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right, fellas. Well, until next week, I guess. Yep. Have a good one, guys. Sounds good. Yep. Hey listeners, have you seen the store at ironradio.org? There are three halls in the store. One for Phil, one for Fortress, and one for myself, Dr. Lowry. And they're thematic. So you can go into our Halls of Iron store and choose based on your goal. If you need something to learn or read or something nutritional, you can look in my store. Uh, Lonnie's store. If you want something about injury prevention uh, or competition, then take a look at Phil's Hall of Iron. And if you want something about motivation or daily training, Fortress's Hall has what you're looking for. There are some fun heroic descriptors uh, as you browse through the stores. We try to make it a little more fun than the average boring online store. And whether you're a novice lifter or someone more experienced, you can take heart that you're not wasting your time. The things that we put in each hall of iron are actually based on our own recommendations. Protein powders that we know to be good, uh, knee sleeves, wraps of some kind, things that Fortress uses in his own training. Uh, the stuff you, you see, you know is good. This way you don't waste time. So check out the Iron Radio store at ironradio.org and um, let us know what you think on the forums and certainly you can request products and we will uh, screen them before they go in. So thanks for listening. Iron Radio is accepting donations. If you like what we do, the professors, the scientists, the bodybuilding show promoters, 
the athletes themselves in powerlifting and bodybuilding. Um, please consider making a donation or maybe buying something from the ironradio.org uh, store. Uh, we also are accepting supporting members. So for $4 a month, which is frankly less than the bank sneaks out of your account in fees, you can step up and support a form of sort of public radio for the bodybuilding and powerlifting and strength community. The Iron Radio Podcast and all of the audio on ironradio.org is for informational purposes only. If you're interested in starting a diet or exercise program, it's important to check with your physician. Also seek the help of registered dietitians, athletic trainers, and qualified exercise physiologists in order to make the progress that you need.